Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Rangers Rabble podcast on a Friday night. I hope you're all well. And uh, I was I was going to do a big intro spiel there, but my mind's just went totally blank. So I'm just going to very, very quickly move on. So yeah, hello, welcome. Hello, everybody in the comments. Hello, everybody watching. And I never ever say this, but hello to everybody who downloads and streams the shows, because you can do that as well just by searching the Rangers Rabble on whatever podcast app you use. So hello to everybody listening and, and streaming back the podcast. Okay. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Mark again. Mark, how are you? Oh, bad penny, I keep coming back. I'm good, mate, I'm good. Friday night, I wish I was somewhere else, but I'm, I'm stuck in a rig. I don't mean without you guys. Oh, that's there. what I thought you meant. I, I wish I was in the rig, put it that way. <laughs> and uh, another baldy. Um, Stuart, Stuart, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yes, looking forward to chatting for uh, 45 minutes to an hour about the Rangers. Yes. Um, I, do you know what? I can't even. You can't make any jokes anymore. Actually, can't you know? Um, whatever joke you make, now you're you're anti something, aren't you? So I, I'm not even going to. I apologise, Stuart. Bald is beautiful. It's all right. Like, I hardly take offence when you look at my name at the bottom, really, you know, so I'm, 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 well, I'm well used to it by now, so don't worry. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, so uh, hello everybody, welcome, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Um, relatively slowish news week, um, so if you watching, have you any points you want to make, anything you want us to discuss? please feel free to put them in and I'll bring them up and we'll discuss it. There is obviously a few things. Um, if you watched last night's member show, I apologise because there's probably going to be a lot of the same stuff brought up. Um, but we'll try, we'll try and, and spice it up, make it a wee tiny bit different. Uh, but we will talk about the manager's press conference, a wee bit about uh, Club 1872 and Dave King, but not too much because I don't know enough about it and I don't want to speculate and all that stuff. Uh, we'll obviously preview Livingston as well. And... We might discuss 
football team's worst ever players. I don't know. If, if we've got time, we'll discuss it. We might look at Arsenal, Man U, possibly Chelsea. Who knows? If we, if, if we get there, we shall certainly um, discuss it. So I hope you're all well. So get your points in. Tell us what you want to talk about, and we'll talk about it. What, what else are you going to do on a Friday night? You know what I mean? Talk about Rangers. Why not? Why not? Right, Stuart, very quickly then. Um, Dave King obviously pulling out, it appears, of his um, offer to Club 1872 to sell his shares. Now, this is how little I know. I don't know if Club 1872 have already bought shares, if they were saving up to buy all the shares. I don't know. But it's been widely reported, and it looks as if Dave King has pulled out. Um, there could be a wide variety of reasons um, for that. But obviously, the main one probably is they just didn't make a deadline. Yeah, I always thought it seemed a, a very ambitious target to raise that amount of money um, just through fan donations. It, it always seemed a stretch. And I think it, it probably didn't ha- help that um, Club 1872 had their own issues at the same time. You know, there was there was infighting and so on. So anybody that was maybe wavering about joining and you know, putting in some like a monthly subscription, etc., etc., to them, I think when you see stuff like that, it it, it doesn't fill you fill you with confidence. Um, I think the the idea behind it was great. I think it was great that King was willing to 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 kind of support that initiative. You know, so that. Fan ownership has, you know, I think really what you're looking for is, you know, twenty five point one percent of the club. I think that's 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 the ideal scenario, so that you've then got that say that that prevents another two thousand and twelve happening. You know, that's that's ultimately what we want. We want to have that say, so that that doesn't happen again. The club eighteen seventy two still are are, are a, a huge shareholder in Rangers. No, they've all they, they still have that, um, but clearly. There is, there's still a, a kind of gap, and I, and I wonder as well. Just, you know, maybe, maybe it's just the financial situation that's out there as well hasn't helped. You know, people are, are struggling for money, so you know, are you going to donate some money to something else like that? Is there, you know, I think a lot of fans just want to go. Football's their kind of release from their Monday to Friday job, from a bit of maybe family things. It's the release. So, you know, again, having that idea where, you know, you're having to try and invest in something so that you become a bit more than just a fan going to the, going to the stadium. I think there's been a whole combination of things that have just went went against them. I think the idea is, is sound in practice, but I, I think they need, it probably needs a refresh there um, and a kind of a, a new approach to go again to see how, how they go about that. Um, but I always thought right from the off, it was a lot of money that you were asking fans to put in on top of season tickets and top of European tickets and Edmundston House packages and all that, something else on a monthly basis to try and get enough money to pay pay Dave King. Um, and clearly he's he's decided that it's it just doesn't look as if it's going to happen. So he's, he's going to hold on to them at the moment. And this point by uh, channel member CGM, um, I don't know why I said that in such a kind of way, but uh, there you go. Um, CGM, Marcus, and I don't know anyone who knows anything about Club 1872. Yeah, like the Illuminati. That's kind of what the lines we went along 
um, last night. It's And look, maybe I'm wrong, and if anybody watching is a member of Club 1872 or whatever, please feel free to get in the comments and tell me that I'm wrong. Um, but for me, there, was, there always seems to have been a lack of transparency with them. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think that that's right on the money, that comment for CGM. Um, I don't know anything about them. Um, I said that, said that last night. I really, really don't. Um, the the financial side of things and this whole um, boards uh, fallout with, with 1872 and I'm not really interested in it to be perfectly honest with you. And I know it doesn't make doesn't make a good a good podcast for for any talk about, but I really, really, I, I I've no any interest in whatsoever. Um, the Club 1872, like like CGM said there, I don't know nothing about them, and I don't really know anybody else that does. I know that at the start, a few people get excited and 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 flung some money at them as well, and and got behind the kind of idea and the philosophy behind it, which for me is a great idea. But like I said yesterday, it's it's okay. It's one thing buying the shares and becoming major shareholders or or uh, um in the club but where do you get financial backing and investment and stuff to move forward to to actually have a have a say in the club there's no point in no point in owning a ferrari if you can't put fuel in in the tank you know what i mean it's it's just a kind of that's my only analogy that i can that i can kind of represent with what i'm trying to say so for me i don't know I think we're far too big a club for um for that to work. Um, I just, as I said, I, I don't know how the the idea is a good idea, but I don't think fundamentally, I don't think it was ever going to work. To be mm. perfectly honest. Sorry, Martin. That's what I mean. It, it needs a refresh. It needs a rethink, and it needs a, some a, a complete refresh of that engagement with fans. To try and say, right, this is what we're all about. This is what the plans are. And as Mark's saying, if we get to 25.1%, okay, what's the next steps then? Is, is that it? You know, as, as a club, you know, you want people investing in that club so that you know, there's continuously more money getting brought in because we want success on the pitch. So there's a lot of unanswered questions and I think it just needs a, a complete refresh of that. But... It's a really difficult time to do that refresh now because I think a lot of the impetus has kind of been lost. And yeah, we might have moans and groans about the board and certain th decisions that they make. But I think generally we feel that they're, they're Rangers fans and, you know, they're, they're not going to do what Murray did and stuff like that. So again, I, I, it, it's just it's just bad timing at the moment feel for them. Well, I mean, I don't know if this is going to sway anybody, but according to Gallant Pioneer, um, Nick Walsh is not only a coach at Rangers, he's also a member of Club 1872, as is John Beaton. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they, they, they two top flight referees were a member of Club 1872, but there you go. <laughs> oh, I hope somebody clips that and puts it online. Oh, please do. Oh, people are, are honestly. I, I know, I know. And people are saying, Mark, it's the, Dave King's announcements always seem to come at specific times. They, they always seem to come before a big game, hence obviously a, a week Sunday we've got the cup final. Um, uh, I, like I said, I hate speculating because right, I don't know. Nobody knows. We don't know. 
Um, but do you think this is the the, the last that we'll see of Dave King in, in terms of anything to do with the club? Do you think he'll try and sell his shares? Or, or do you think there's maybe a, a we'll maybe see a, a wee bit of Dave King in the future? And that's the politest way I can ask that question, by the way. I like that, but you opened your opening statement as I don't want to speculate. So here, Mark, here's a question. You speculate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to speculate. <laughs> Dave King, for me, I don't know. He's, he's very much a... I said it last night again. I'll be forever thankful for, for Dave King for what he done for this club. Um, put his money where his mouth was. Big time put his money where his mouth was um, and gave himself a proper headache by doing so. Um, all to do with the authorities um, in, in South Africa and all sorts of legal loopholes and stuff like that. So it wasn't easy for him. And he could have just, you know what, he could have just walked away and said, you know what, I'll still leave it for somebody else to do it, but he never. And, and for me, as I said, I will be uh, eternally grateful to the man for what he done for my club. But I don't understand why he does it. It's always, like you said, it's always a specific time. It's always, is it a coincidence that we've got a final? Or, or, and, and it's just it's that, that that time, that was the deadline and, and that's what happened. It was it was two weeks prior or a week and a half prior to um, the cup final. Um, if we weren't in the cup final, would they have done it? Would there have been a big announcement about it? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But, for me, I, I like the fact that Dave King, to, to want another phrase, doesn't really give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? I really like the fact that he um, he's bullish enough to go, ah, do you know what? This is what I think, and I don't care what anybody else thinks. So, and look, he's a very, very successful man. He's made lots and lots of money. So he's no daft, he's no stupid. And I think we know he's no stupid. Um, I think that it, it, it comes and goes with him. I think that sometimes he maybe be sitting in his uh, sitting in his chateau somewhere, drinking drinking nice bottles of wine, and he thinks to himself, "Do you know what? I'm a wee bit bored. I maybe I could maybe just jump back and and do a wee bit for Rangers and see what I can do, and maybe get involved again a wee bit because because I, I enjoyed doing it. And then other times he goes, "Do you know what? I can't be asked with this." So. I suppose it's like the rest is because we all do that at times, don't we? But I mean, we're just no multi-millionaires, so do you know what I, I mean? I'm, it's one of these ones. That I, I don't, I don't really know how you, how you, you kind of quantify it. It's, it's um, for me, I think that he, he, he likes to be in the limelight every now and again, and and this gets him in the limelight, and I think it's maybe a wee shot across the bows of um, we're bored and and especially probably we're chairman. I think that there's there's been a bit of falling out there, and I think it just it's, it pops up every now and again just to say, do you know what? I'm still here. I think that's what it is, really. That that was the one thing I was going to say on that. I think the the one bit that you you don't need any speculation about is the fact that Dave King and Douglas Park don't get on, and Dave King certainly doesn't uh, certainly doesn't like Douglas Park's son, etc. So I I personally that this is not the last you see. Of, of Dave King, you know, I think he's he's still a, a a very big player in terms of the he's not on the board or anything like that, but he's a he's a major shareholder, and he can cause annoyance to this board. And currently, as it stands, the guy at the top of it 
as an annoyance to him for whatever reason why that relationship's broken down. So uh, I don't see, and I, I tend to find that men, you know, rich, rich, powerful men, don't particularly just slink away and the, the distance, uh, you know, they'll, they won't give up things easy. So I, I think he'll, he'll hang about uh, for a bit yet. This won't be the last of them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, I suppose, in the in the future going forward. We, the, the, the truthful answer is we don't know. Um, but I suppose that brings the final point on this, and then we'll move on. Um, Stuart, where do Club 1872 go from here then? Um, did they put all their eggs in the kind of one basket with regards to Dave King's shares, with regards to a relationship with the club. Um, where do they go for here? So, again, I'll repeat, they are still a big, big shareholder in Rangers. You know, as it, as it currently stands, they have a lot of shares. So, you know, it, it's not as if um, Dave King's shares were the be-all and end-all for them. They still have some influence there in terms, they've not got the influence that they want. I think they've got a couple of issues they again, I don't feel that their relationship with the club is great. So, you know, I I think if you're you're trying to become, um, you know, trying to get a seat in the board, etc., you know, you, you need to have a better relationship with them. And, and at the moment, that isn't there. So, I think they need to try and build some bridges. And that and that has that's a two way thing as well. You know, it can't all just be on Club eighteen seventy two. You need you need the board to kind of reach out a bit from that. But I'll repeat, I think now they need a bit of a pause and a rethink about where they're going and a better understanding about what is possible at this time. And you know, is it a case that they they go back and yeah, try and pick up shares where where and when they can, rather than saying we need to raise thirteen million pounds over the next four years, which it just seemed very, very difficult to do. Because again, it's Rangers fans having to go into their pocket to fund that. Um, so I, I need to re uh, just a rethink, uh, uh, a refresh, and I hope they take a wee bit of time to do that and don't rush in. And as we say, better communication. What are they up to? You know, what are they? What are they all about? Let people know. People think it's all secret squirrel, so they need to they need to sort that as well. Well, that's what a lot of the questions are asking, Mark. Is and what the club eighteen seventy two actually do? Nobody knows, do they? Illuminati, world order. No idea. Not got a clue. No, no idea whatsoever. <laughs> that's. Do you know what? That's pretty much perfect because I don't know either. And by the way, I'm not on here slating club eighteen seventy two because I would. I tend to try and not get any conversations that I don't know anything about. And yet that was a 15-minute conversation on Club 1872 and Dave King, and who I know nothing about. Um, but I thought Stuart and Mark might have. They didn't. So just ignore that 15 minutes, right? Just just, just quash that. That's the biggest word I know is conjecture. Um, but uh, you know, look, I mean, even CGM saying it, look, even I did on a weekly podcast. Um, I mean, I don't know how many more Rangers podcasts you can possibly have out there. Um, but I think something for like because NASA do it, NASA do a weekly podcast to keep you updated with everything, um, over the water. So I don't, I don't see why Club 1872 don't do something like that and just keep their members updated. Um, that would probably be quite a good idea for them, actually, right? Okay. We shall move on 
um, from all the, the serious chat, and we'll go on to a wee bit of fun, shall we, Stuart? The manager's press conference, where do you where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the kind of injury updates, you know, Lawrence potentially coming back, um, Jack and Raskin trained today, I think, Mark was telling me they trained, um, uh, Lundstrom nowhere to be seen, or do you just want to jump right to the... Let, let's do let's do the team and stuff like that first. Uh, right, let's let's... Do team. Okay, so Tom Lawrence could possibly possibly be back on the grass within a month. Um, obviously that hasn't been confirmed. Michael Beale says that you know there isn't a time limit on it, but he did kind of give that as as a possibility. Um, Tom Lawrence coming back for any part of this season and being fit would be massive for us, would it not? It, it absolutely would. Um, you know he was along with Tillman, probably the, the bit of a shining light at, at the start of the season. So from what the manager seemed to say was he was actually fairly far down his, his kind of rehab route and then picked up a, a bit of a setback and we don't know what that setback was, but ultimately meant that he, he kind of had to go and see a specialist. Um, I took from what he's saying is that they're being very, very careful with him. You know, that they, they don't want to rush him back. We probably do have cover in that, that area at the moment. So I think that's probably the right right approach. Um I think as fans, when he does come back, I think we probably need to be mindful that he's missed a lot, a lot of football and just give him a bit of breathing space. He's he's probably not going to be that player that we saw scoring goals against PSV, that great header uh, at Easter Road and stuff like that. You know, it, it's going to take a bit of time. But I think what would be really good for him is if he can get some game time between now and the end of the season, then have a wee break, then get a proper pre you know, a pre-season in so that he's hitting the ground running um when he when the start of next season. But yeah, I mean like I, I thought let's like say he was he was one of the shining lights at the, the start of the season. I think he was a very good footballer. I liked him when I watched him down south for Derby in the in the championship. I always thought he'd something about him. And I think you, you can see that he would have he would have given us options. He would have given us goals. I like the fact that you know he's got a bit of a gallus streak about him. He'll take the ball and he'll have a dig from thirty yards. You know that that goal against PSV. Not many people in our team are hitting that free kick. Mm-hmm. He did, and it ended up yeah, it's a goalkeeper mistake. But you know if you don't have that shot, we we don't get that goal. He's got that about him, and I still think we lack that a wee bit. In, in our team, he just offers that something a bit different. So, good news, but I think we're just going to need to show a bit of patience because I don't think we're going to see him in the next four weeks or so. I think they'll be very, very careful, and then it'll probably just be a gradual, gradual way of bringing him back in. Yeah, um, Mark Paul's brought the comment up there. Look, Michael Beale said he could be back on the grass in a fortnight, but he said he could be back on the grass in a fortnight. He doesn't want to put a timeline on it. So there's no timeline on it, but there's just a possibility. And I think look, with the start that Lawrence made, he was one of our, our better players. He, he took to the, the Scottish leagues very, very quickly. His performances were great. So if there's any possibility, and I know I asked you this last night, but if there's any possibility we can get him for even a month of this season uh, for the running, regardless of where we are, if they drop points, we get closer. If we don't get closer, whatever, having him back is massive for us, is it not? Yeah, big time. Yeah, it's. Um, I think he's 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 a really really good player, and 
he's he's at that good age as well, where he's 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 got a good mix um, of like experience as well as being a creative player. Um, so a lot of the younger players are, will look up to him as well, especially on the park. He's got that dig as well that I don't think many of us when he when he signed for us expected. I know that we'd done a wee bit we we bit of digging on him and we found out that he had that as well that wee bit of spite. So and to be fair, I think that our teams like that most of the season. Uh, like somebody that's willing to a um do kind of a wee bit of the dirty side of, of things in the middle of the park. So I think it's kind of kind of twofold a wee bit. I think that the fact that we're where midfield looks a lot stronger now because we brought two new players in. I think that it kind of affords us a wee bit of time or gives him a wee bit of time or a wee bit of leeway to to get himself properly fit and, and come back that we don't try and rush him back because we need him. I think that if we didn't sign those two midfielders then we would definitely need him. We'd need him to come back straight away and we probably would push him to come back a wee bit earlier than, than we really needed needed to. So, yeah, I think he's massive. I think he's going to be massive for our team towards the end of the season. Hopefully we can get a few games under his belt, get him get him right, get his muscles right um, and then obviously get a, get a good pre-season under his belt and let him kick on from there. But I think that as it stands, our midfield's in a far, far better place than it was and I don't think that although it'd be nice to see him back, I don't think we're in any mad rush to get him back. As I said, I think he's a Smashing player, and uh, like Stuart said as well, that kind of goes from midfield and and kind of for me as well shooting. Nobody takes a shot in their team. Nobody, nobody from outside the box is willing to hit a shot, and it drives me insane. Probably drives everybody else insane as well. Um, and he's one of the ones that can do that, and he's great with a set piece, a free kick into the box, free kick at the edge of the box, and stuff like that. So it's something that you 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 do miss. But as I said. Great player, but I don't, I don't really want to rush him back. I want him to be fit and healthy when he comes back, and we we now have the personnel that we can take our time and in, integrate him back into the side properly, without having any sort of a adverse reaction in what whatever his injury was. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And look, Stuart, there's no rush, obviously. Um, just just for me, I was excited by Lawrence. Uh, maybe because we weren't playing great, but he was the kind of the one that was kind of standing out. And obviously he picked up a wee niggle, um, which we thought was going to be a couple of weeks and it's ended up being months. Um, so that was all. That, that was all. I wasn't getting too excited. But, you know, just I just thought I'd bring it up. Used to have just yep. shot me right back down in flames. Just hold your horses, Martin. Calm down. I were just raining the end. Just raining the end a wee bit. Rain in. That's it. Yeah, pair of baldy people. Um, aye, so talking about the midfield, Stuart, uh, in the press conference as well, we did mention that um, Raskin and Jack were carrying Knox, um, and they were obviously waiting to see who was fit, but they both trained today, which is positive. Yeah, and I, I think it was it was good that somebody pressed them later on in the press conference just about Raskin, and it was not that he had an actual knock, it was just that he was knackered, <laughs> you know, he had some yeah. fatigue after it, and which is understandable because, you know, I think that's his first start that he's had in, in, in quite a while. So you can imagine, I, I, I would have thought if if the game had went how Beal had wanted it to go, you know, far easier, I'm not expecting that Raskin would have been playing virtually the full 90 minutes, you know, he, he might have got an hour and then things would have, would have changed around a bit, but we, we needed him because... 
I, I thought he was excellent uh, last Sunday. I, I was re- really impressed with him. The Ryan Jack thing, I, I have to say, when I watched the, the, the clip of the training video, I was pleasantly surprised because the way the manager sounded, uh, it was as if he's picked up a knock and, you know, it, it's not it's not great. It's not great timing or something he said around it. And you thought, here we go again. But he is there. But this is the, the kind of conundrum we have with Ryan Jack. Is Ryan Jack a really good footballer? Does he add things to our team? He does. Do we have the confidence, though, that he's going to be able to provide us with, you know, twenty-five to thirty games over the course of a season where he where he makes where, where he makes an impact? That's that's the dilemma we have when we come to to offering this new contract. If Ryan Jack is 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 fit, Ryan Jack, I'm sure will start next Sunday at Hamden against. I, I think he'll be probably the, one of the first names in the, in the team sheet for for Bill, um, particularly if Lundstrom's you know carrying a bit of a knock. Ryan Jack will absolutely start. So I it'd be no surprise if we don't see him on this pitch tomorrow potentially. Um, that we we might not do that with an eye on on next week. Um, but yeah, it's you know this debate: do we sign? Give him a new contract, do we not? It's going to rumble on um, between now and then. And it's just these wee, you hear these wee things. He's picked up another niggle. He's picked up, that's Ryan Jack for you. His body is just letting him down now. Yeah, well, um, I, I've just, something's caught my eye. And I, and I believe it's Mark who just private messaged me. Um, you, want, you want to talk about John Suter, Mark? Oh, nobody's nobody even mentioned him in the press conference. Nobody. Where is he? Is he fat? Is he not fat? Is he on the bench? What's? Are we just forgot about him? Is he, is he the forgotten man, like John Who? So obviously that's what. I mean, does anybody think, know anybody even in, in the comments heard anything about Suter? Is is he ready to play again? Is he not ready to play again? Is a I think of, it was mentioned a, of, uh, a few weeks ago, Mark. I think the manager was asked specifically, and again. It looks as if, again, you need to be careful, you know, because I think Beal, he does give quite a bit away, but then some of it's kind of cryptic as well. They did say that he was tra- he was training on his own again. Now, that was a change from when he was saying he was almost back into kind of contact training, you know, with, with the team. So whether that's because something has then happened and they've had to rein him back or they're doing what they're now doing with Lawrence and just been wrapping them in cotton wool, basically, to see, see how he goes. But it's a, it's a concern, isn't it? You know, it's he, we find out that he played that opening game with Livy and he probably shouldn't because he was he was, he was was in pain and then we've, we've basically never not seen him again. This was always the worry with Suter, a very, very good player. But is he going to be reliable? It doesn't look like it at the moment. I wasn't expecting to be talking about John Suter. I've got to say that's just completely thrown me. So cheers, Mark. Um, but but I'll, I'll put it back to you then, Mark. Uh, John Suter, strange signing at the time. Well, on his days, a cracking centre back, very very good, very very good football player. Um, just not fit enough. Just doesn't stay fit. Um, it was always, it was always always a strange one for me. I feel I feel sorry for the boy. I really do. It's. It's, um, it's but we need to stop having players that we feel sorry about. We need to stop having Ruth's, Jacks, Lundstrom's, Suter's, Hollanders, because that's just taking up space on the wage bill. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I said I said last night as well when we when we we spoke about being sentimental and giving players another year. And controversially, I'll probably cause a riot here, but I wouldn't agree. Ryan. I think Ryan Jack's a smashing player. And to be fair, if I fit Ryan Jack, if we had a fit Ryan Jack, it'd be the first name in my team sheet. But I'm no as it stands. If I'm the manager, I'm not giving him another year. And I'm no for the very reason that we're talking about sentimental. Has not done us any favours over the last two years, not at all. So for me, as I said, the likes of Suter, see if see if Suter's in peanuts, then that's all right. I can live with that. See if Suter's in fifteen grand, twenty grand a week, then I'm sorry. You need to find a way to get get shot at him or get him fat. I.e., stick him in loan, get him fat. But for me, as I said. You need to find a way out of these things. We've got far too many players. Same with Roof as well. Roof would, would probably be my first choice striker if he was kept fit. But he's no, and he can't be. So for me, as I said, that's a that's the bottom line. If if you can't if you cannot play 15, 20 games a season, you shouldn't be the club. Simple as that. You're not fit enough. You're, as far as I'm concerned, there is something, and I understand that some. Players and some people just cannot get fat. They just there's almost like a, like like a genetic flaw in muscle tissue and all that kind of stuff, which is a shame. But sentiment needs to needs to come out of this now. As I said, it's not done us any favors over the last two years. Sentiment where players get contracts where, as far as I'm concerned, they shouldn't get contracts, and I think that. Like I said last night, I think Bill is going to be ruthless in the summer, and I think there'll be a few surprises definitely in the summer. Um, but it's it's, it's not that, that that you think Stuart that, that Bill's going to be ruthless. Bill has to be ruthless. We can't have another season like this. hundred percent. And I, I mean, he's, I thought his interview he did with Rangers TV was really really good and really interesting. A lot of, lot of interesting stuff in that. But one of the things that he, we did see or he did say was that. And we've talked about this many times in this podcast. Our squad is too big, far, far too big at the moment. And there's been some reason with that because of the injuries we've had to bring players in, so on and so forth. But he will want to have a kind of trimmed down squad to to go with. So he talk, he's talking about you know your 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 outfield players, uh, two for every position, three goalies and three number nines. That's that's roughly what he wants. And within that, you've got players that can play. In, Various positions, so Tillman's, a Lawrence, etc. Can well they you know they can do kind of different things, but if you're going to have a trimmed down squad, then you have to have more confidence, and that, that those players are going to be fit the majority of the time. And yet injuries can happen. You know, it's a contact sport. You know, things can happen. You will pull a hamstring or every now and then, but we do have too many players where. It's just a continuation. They get they get so far. Do we? Do any of us have any real faith in, in Roof going between now and the end of the season with no further injuries? Probably not. You know, same with Ryan Jack. If you're going to trim that squad down and, and make it really tight, then you've got to have players that are going to be there for the majority of the games, particularly if we're looking at Europe as well. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I do tend to agree. There's quite a bit of discussion, Mark, in the comments going on about John Lundstrom. Um, 
I don't think it's exactly flavour of the month um, at the moment. Is that fair? For me, I think it's unfair. I think that the boys are a good player. I think the boys maybe struggle for form. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, he's at a good age, still at a good age, still got years, years and years left in the tank. He's coming to his prime. I think he's more mobile than any of the rest of the kind of so-called holding midfielders, i.e. Kamara and Jack. At least he can get a bit of pitch. Um, he's got a decent range of passing. We've seen this boy do it. All right, he's maybe not done it consistently, but half the team's not played well this season. Probably three quarters of the team's not played well this season. I understand the... the I mean, somebody said there in, in the thing, he's got, got shot of Kamara and Lundstrom and keep Jack. Well, for me, you're getting shot of two players that could probably play 30 games out of 60 or even 40 games out of 60 to replace them with a guy that can play 15 out of 60 and get shot of them. So, for me, that doesn't make any sense. As I said, I know that, for me, Jack is is the best sitting midfielder we've got at the club. Kamara's probably technically the best midfielder at the club, but it's no showed it for 18 months, probably longer. He he looks as if he's chucked it and he's not interested in playing with Rangers, which is fair enough. But I would get shot at him. I'd get shot at him in January. But for me, Lundstrom, is, at least he's trying. And at least he's mobile. As I said, it's maybe no clicking for him. But it's fine margins, this game of football. It's fine margins between... He started, he started the same way with his Rangers career. And for me, watching him, I thought that he was, he was trying too hard. And he settled down. And he came into, he came into a, a game and he started playing well. And he looked, like I said at one point, yet again, he coined the same old phrase, cliche. It was the first name of the team sheet at one point when we had a good run in Europe against quality midfields in Europe. All of a sudden, because he's got a bit of bad form, we're getting shot at him. So, for me, I, yeah, get shot at Kamara. Kamara's chucked it, 100%. Jack, same again, sentimental, great player, one of our own. Can he keep him fit? So why are we, why are we keeping him? Lundstrom, all right, he's had a different form, but he's, what, 27? He's more mobile than any of the other two put together. He's got a bit of dig about him. He can, he's got a decent range of passing. I, I can't understand the thinking. All right, he's no maybe, he's no maybe doing it right now, but I can't, for me personally, two, I can't understand points. the thinking. Two points. Gallant Pioneer says, Lundstrom slows us down. And JD's replying to you, Mark, five months of decent performances over 24 months. Is that good enough? No, like I said to you, it's no, but we know he's capable. So it's just his form that's not capable, but his form's dipped with a whole squad. I mean, let's know, let's call a spade a spade. We've been rotten all season, rotten. And and a lot is with injuries, granted, but that's not the point. We've been rotten all season. And Lundstrom, like I said, Rangers fans, we all like to to fling fling somebody under the bus. It's been it's been Tavernier for long enough. So now we're moving on to Lundstrom. Um, as I said, I, I get I get that, but we know he's capable of it. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Mark. And I think what, what we soul, isn't what what we seen at Tynecastle was John Lundstrom playing 
at his best. I thought he was he was excellent that night. I do wonder what impact Raskin will have on him in terms of potentially where John Lundstrom fits in to this midfield. Um, I don't think he ever looks comfortable playing as one of those two sitters and stuff like that. And I, I understand why people are saying he slows us down. I, I, I'm not sure that's his best position. I wonder with Raskin coming in there, will it allow Beal to just move Lundstrom further forward and say, actually, we want you to be influencing the game further up the park. We want you to use your running power. He does actually have a decent... I mean, what is it, a year ago tonight that he scored that absolute beautiful goal in Dortmund? You know, so he's he's got the ability to do that. Um, we're just not seeing it enough. I think his form has been really poor this season. Time castle apart, where I thought, like I say, along with the rest of the team, I thought he was excellent. He was snapping into tackles. He looked, you know, if he was right on it. Typically, he then goes over on his ankle, you know, the, the, almost the, what, 10 minutes into the next game. So a bit stop start. It will be interesting to see. I do think Raskin could have an impact on, on Lundstrom, though, in, in terms of where he plays on the park. And hopefully that might see an upturn in his in his, uh, his performances. Because I would agree with what the comments are saying. I, I do think he has been poor this season. But take him on board. So of Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. We can't all just lay it out on Lundstrom's door. The poor performances. Um, but I don't know if he's going to hear my chair squeaking. But I think I need to get a new one. Um, see this being heavy. It's no good. Absolutely no good. Uh, a quick reply to you, Mark, uh, from Nicholas Stubborn. You really need to change that name now. Um, so Kamara is a way to where bet English teams would take him before some so-called better players we have. This is the problem we've got, Mark. You're saying, look, Kamara's basically no kicked his ass for 18 months. Well, if that's the case, who's going to want him? Uh, well, well but, uh, what I'm saying is, Kamara 18 months ago was, you were looking at 15 million, maybe even 15 million plus, but his performance he was sticking in, and he was doing it at international level as well. No, I was thinking to myself in January, see if we get 5 million for Kamara, I would bite the hand who's off, going to off who, Like I say, who's going to offer that kind of money for a player who, and let's give Kamara some credit, he was injured as well, right? Let's not forget yes. that he was injured. He went through all that racism stuff as well, so he had that to deal with, um, and he had a loss in, uh, loss in form. So it's not as if there's going to be clubs lining up to take him. No, but look, I, I still think as well with his past form and he's shown... A lot of people, a lot of managers and stuff like that, a lot of people in the game will know how good Kamara can be. It's the same as Cantwell. Cantwell was, what, 20, 30, even 40 million two years ago. We we took a punt on him. Do you know what I mean? So there will be a team there that will, will know that he's A, technically good, positionally sound. Obviously his form's no great, but all they need to do is somebody speaks to his, somebody speaks to his agent his agent will say to him, well, look, this is why, and this is the story, and maybe he get promised something that he didn't get, do you know what I mean? So, maybe he get promised a move and it never happened because Aribo went, or, do you, so, there might be something in the background there, but what I'm saying is that, Zach saying with Lundstrom, we know how good Kamara can be, and all, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of minutes worth of football showing Kamara is a world beater. As I said, Class is 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 permanent form is fleeting. So they're gonna know he's a good player. 
teams don't just go like that. Or well, he's not kicked his ass for a year, so oh, we're not we're not going to. Instead of us spending twenty million two seasons ago, do you know what? We might get him for three or four. So why not take a punt on him? I, I think we'd get more than that. I think we'd yeah, get no, more than that. Mark. I'm just I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate a wee bit here. Why would why would you know go like that? The boy looking at the boy, which we done with Cantwell. Boy needs a fresh start. It looks as if he's stagnating in that squad. Do you know what I mean? That's me taking my blue tinted glasses off and looking at it as as objectively as I can and saying, well, looking at the boy, look at his form. He's been there, what, four or five years. Been outstanding for three years. The last 18 months, stagnating, possibly dipping form with the whole team. Bit of a hangover for European uh, finals. Maybe he needs a move. Maybe he needs something fresh. Maybe we could be the team to do that for him and we could get the best of him. And I also, he, he also kinda... think as well, sorry Mark, but, but see five, yeah, five, to eight million, five to eight million pounds to some in the lower end of the EPL, that's pocket change, to be honest. You know, so, yeah, I, you know, somebody, somebody will take a punt on that. Yeah. Or, or he could turn his form around Sign a new contract for Rangers and be the best midfielder yeah, in the league. He's all, I think I mean, he's all, we've got him on a, a kind of longish term deal anyway. I think he's got another, was it, two and a half to think, three years on his deal because he just signed. I don't think it's as long as that. I think he just signed, he signed, a, he signed a new four-year deal. So I I, I think we he's he is one of our sellable assets because he's because of his contract length. Is it so two I think he's got left or something. I, I think it's two and a half to three years on that because um so he's you know I think like I say higher championship even French side you know you can yeah. you can imagine Kamara fitting into a kind of continental style team you know he plays very well for Finland and stuff like that so Look at the money that washes about the French league. Somebody could say, "Yeah, do you know what? Eight million. Uh, that's we're, we're willing to take." I'm going to say gamble there, but I think that's probably being a bit harsh on him. Yeah, he's a very de- he is a very decent footballer. So they could look at that and say, "Actually, that's 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 decent decent value for him." And I think Rangers would say, "Do you know what? For somebody that we signed for fifty thousand pounds, if we got anywhere near that amount of money, we'd be more than happy." With that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody who has kind of faded into the background, and, and we kept, we touched on this last night as well. Um, but I'd like to get the the wider view and public audience his thoughts on this. So get your thoughts in the comments when I ask this question. If you're watching it back, put your thoughts in the comments about this as well. And if you're listening to this on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, etc., go on to YouTube and put your comments in as well. Um, because this, for me anyway, is an interesting one, Stuart, and I'll go to you because I, I spoke to Mark about this last night. Um, Scott Arfield, um, so often the man to come off the bench and do something for us, um, not always been the greatest when he starts, but he was certainly a, a very, very good impact player. We have brought in Cantwell, we've got Raskin, we've just discussed Kamara, Jack, Sakala, and that's without even bringing up Lowry or Wright or Matondo or Ken or, or any of the players, right? So we're quite stacked in that area. Um, will we see our field again this season? Um, and, and if we do or if we don't, well, if we don't, the, the answer's pretty obvious, but uh, if we do for a couple of appearances, there was talk a while ago about maybe getting an extra year at the end of the season. Surely that's not happening now. Uh, I, I... 
I would, and this is nothing against Scott Arfield. I've always liked Scott Arfield. I think he's done a great job for us. But again, I think this is where this sen- sentiment comes in, where we need to say thanks for your service, shake your hand, and and you know, off you, you'll always be welcome back here. But we we are moving in a slightly different direction now, and you know, the manager has. Um, He's, I think he's been at pains to kind of talk about the fact that, you know, want to lower the age of the, 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 the squad, etc. Um, will we see him again? Yes, we will. He's got a niggling injury, I think, at the moment. So that's why we haven't seen him for the last few weeks. But Scott Arfield would, would have absolutely been in and around the, the, the starting 11 for Sunday's game. He certainly would have been on the bench if he didn't, if he didn't start. Um, but personally, it would be thanks, thanks for everything. Um, but yeah, we're we're going to move in a different direction, and I think Scott Arfield might think as well that do you know what I got my initial contract and I managed to get another year out of that. Yeah, I'm maybe not think maybe Scott Arfield would be realistic to think that actually getting another year on top of that, you know, might be might be a bit much. You know, the man, but the manager could look at it and say, well, he does pop up with big goals. Look at Aberdeen and stuff like that. But I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we want to get away from from doing this. I think we need to keep a freshness in this squad. So personally, I would I would shake his hand, but it would be time to move on. There's a lot of love for him, Mark, in the comments, which I think is absolutely spot on and right because he's been brilliant for our football club. Um, he, he's not an absolutely outstanding player who dribbles past ten people and rounds the goalkeeper and puts the ball in the back of the net, but he's just so effective at what he does. And, and that's that's basically one of the reasons why I wanted to ask the question, because we've now brought in two brand new midfielders. Um, we've got so many options in that area. But for you, if he's fit, does, does Scott Arfield still play some role in this Rangers team? Only from the sub-bench. That's yeah, for me. Only from the sub-bench. Yeah, no, there's, there's always a part to play. Scott Arfield's done it time and time again for us. I mean, realistically... He's probably the best in, best in the business at, at that. See that late runs into the box? Absolutely brilliant at it. And, and it's, it's something that you you either just have a feeling for. You can't really teach that. You can tell you can tell them, just get yourself forward, get yourself into the box. But that's almost like a specialised skill. And he's brilliant at it. Absolutely brilliant. It's just almost like that that kind of uncanny knack of, of the ball just landing at his feet. In a box, as I said, he runs and he causes havoc with the runs. But the problem is, old Father Time is catching. I'm not catching up with him, and he's not got the legs to make these runs anymore. And and it was always they say it in the in the commentary, don't a lung busting run. Well, you can only do so many of that when you get to 30, 34, 35. You you, you can't do 18, 19, 20 of them a, a game. You maybe get two or three left in you, but do you know what I mean? So. I think as a sub, I think he's definitely got a, definitely got a, a place to come on and, and make a difference because I think that that is what exactly, at the moment in time in his career, that's what he's best at. Um, very, very intelligent player. And we love him. He's one of our own. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, like, he's like one of your mates you meet down a pub and have a bit of crack with, as well as the fact that he's a professional footballer and he's, and he's doing what we, we'd murder your granny. Yeah, again, I've talked about murdering grannies a lot on here, haven't I? You'd murder your granny to get a shot off, pull that shirt on and, and run out of Ibrox. So that's why he gets a lot of love. 
the, the only thing, Martin, would be that Beal feels that he wants to keep his experience. You know, he wants to keep him in and around that dressing room. That if there are going to be more changes over the summer, that you know, he just wants a bit of stability and somebody that knows the club and can take talk to the new players about what it's all about and stuff like that. That's that that's possibly one reason why he might he would maybe get another year. But I'm not. I don't know. I I think it maybe time to move on. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting Sorry, st- folks, I'm on babysitting duties tonight, and every time I hear a noise, I, I get a fright. <laughs> don't get me wrong, she's old enough to look after herself, but still, it's not the point. Absolutely not the point. Right, okay, very, very quickly on this, because I, I do want to touch a wee bit more on the Livingston game than what we did last night, which was about a minute and a half. Um, Mark, I'll go to you. Uh, I, I don't know the best way to, to put this, but. Um, Chris Sutton, would it be fair to say that, that if, I, if I put this politely, that Michael Beale put him back in his place? Yes, he did. Put him back in the box. Just get yourself back in there, son. Um, and you know what? I'm over the moon he done it. I really am. I'm over the moon. I, I, I love I love that about Beale's no shy to go at. Do you know what? I'm not going to play the, 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 the kind of rise above it card. I'm just going to get into, which is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Look, he said it coming for long enough. It really has. Guys, it just, it's just, the only thing I've got to say is Panto Villain, isn't it? Panto Villain, he loves that. It, it, it absolutely thrives on it. And it kills me that we are actually giving him airtime and, and mentioning his name on here, because he's an absolute clown of a man. Absolute clown of a man. But Look, fair play to Bill. He he done it. He had he had a sly dig, which wasn't a very sly. But I think it's brilliant. I think his comments are just fantastic. That whole the the worst player in the history of Chelsea and a comedy show, brilliant, brilliant sound bites. You can't. I mean, that's just fantastic, isn't it? Um, brilliant. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, um. I'll I'll know I'll no tell you exactly what I think of him because we'll probably get the uh, the pod banned from YouTube. But guy's a clown, panto villain, irrelevance as far as I'm concerned. Now Michael Beale knows what he's doing, Stuart. Um, we know that that Chris Sutton is a type who apparently when he does his work down south he's actually all right. He's he's actually yep. no bad at his job. Um, up here he plays to the gallery, he plays to the his support. Um, because he likes to, you know, make that that green pound, and he's to, he needs to keep that green pound coming in. Um, so Michael Beale knows what he's doing, um, but this isn't going to turn into one of those he said she said things. I, I don't think. I think it's it's a case of Beale said his piece, and that's it. That that's the only slight concern that I have about this is that you know that this has this would need to be the end of it, you know, because Sutton, this is what Sutton's looking for, you know, he's already responded on Twitter, you know, Sutton to me is what sums up what's everything that's wrong with, with Scottish football, because as you said, if you actually listen when he's doing his English commentary stuff, he's actually quite good, you know, he's got quite good grasp of what's going on in the game and stuff like that, but he chooses to not do that up here, and Bill's right, he brings our game down and so on, I mean, he's now talking about the fact that our manager's got a mole in his face, that's 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 the level that we've now went to with him on Twitter. So I think 
there'll be fans out there that absolutely agree with it, like Mark saying, you know, great, somebody standing up for a club. There'll be others who are thinking, you know, actually, why are we even talking about him? You know, he's in in irrelevance. Don't give him the airtime. This is what he's wanting. It's just giving it oxygen. I'm a bit in the middle, to be honest. I do think at times we do need to stand up for ourselves a wee bit more. But I hope that that's it, you know, because... You know, this is what's going to be coming up, and he's probably going to get asked about it in press conferences and so on and so forth. Sutton will be doing his show with McCoyce tonight, and again, it'll be all over that. So uh, it's it's done now. He said his piece, and, and probably quite rightly, because it's clearly upped him. You know, what he's basically saying is, you've only done that, Michael Beale, because you were playing Partick. You know, you're not, you wouldn't be man enough to do that if it was in a Celtic game. You know, we've had a chat on a pod, Martin, where I think both of us are in the opinion. Michael Beale would have done that in a Celtic game. I of the the idea that allowing Partick to score was a sign of weakness. I, I totally disagree with that. Ibrooks was baying for blood when that happened the other day. So it was a it, it took a set of balls <laughs> to to do that on if anything, Sunday. If so, anything, it was the complete opposite. Yes, it, absolutely. It, you know, it, it, it took a bit of guts to do that. So. Um, it clearly upped him. He said his piece with it now. I hope that's it done. Let's not talk about him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's move on from it. Um, Stuart, if you could email rangersravel at gmail.com um, and I'll get back to you as soon as the show's done. If you just email me on there, mate, and I'll try and, I'll try and sort that out for you, all right, bud? So just email rangersravel at gmail.com and I will try and sort that out for you. Um, okay, so we're playing tomorrow, Mark Livingston. Um, I always... Do you know, I always say stuff like this. It'll be a difficult game on that pitch, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've got a decent record there. The team's playing well, albeit for the majority of the games, not for 90 minutes. Um, but we're playing well enough. The squad seems to be in a good enough place. Um, this should hopefully be, and I say hopefully because I hate to jinx stuff, um, a comfortable victory tomorrow. I think so as well. I, I mean... <clears throat> Well, obviously, I'll I'll kind of get back onto the word comfortable, but I think I win. I win that. I, I said that, uh, last night that for me, this Rangers team, the difference in mentality to be able to close games out is um, is probably the big difference. Um, under Geo, this is a proper banana skin. I'm very much watching it from behind the sofa. Under Beal, no, no, I'm fairly confident we're going to win. It's not going to be an easy game. I know that because because they set up to frustrate and they set up to make it a hard game. They defend in a pack. They defend well. Everybody's well organised and they know exactly what their job is individually and collectively. So, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You can be playing Barcelona. If you're organised and you all sit back and you defend and you move and work as a team, you're going to cause, no cause them problems, but you're going to make it hard for them to score. And that's pretty much what Livingston is going to do tomorrow. So it's not going to be an easy game. I think that's that's a given. Um, but I think we will win, as I said. I'm confident with this side, mentality-wise and talent-wise now. I think that we will win. And I think that when we go into most games now, I, I'm quite happily thinking to myself, well, it's maybe not going to be easy, but it's going to be three points. Yeah, maybe, maybe Stuart, maybe comfortable. It's slightly unfair to Livingston, I don't know. Um, look, 
I, I think with David Martindale's brilliant. I think he's a breath of fresh air for Scottish football. And not just that, I think he's a very good manager, a very good coach. And what he's done with Livingston uh, is brilliant. And they've got a horrible pitch. Um, but there's only so many times you can start screaming about horrible pitches. Most of the players that we have now should be able to deal with that kind of pitch. Um, so maybe, maybe comfortable isn't the right word, but I, obviously we're all fully expecting Rangers to go there and win. Yeah, absolutely. Martindale was taking Livingston to fourth in the table, you know, and that that's that's some feat by the way on on the budget that they've got. That's that's absolutely brilliant. So, will he have them organised? Absolutely, he will. But this this is a this is a different Rangers team to the last time that we played Livy. I'm pretty sure Martindale came out after the one each draw at Ibrooks and said. I knew what Rangers were going to do. They were going to get the ball wide and they were going to cross it in. And I was more than happy with that because I've got big guys in there that were just going to win and win the headers and do it away. This Rangers team have different aspects to their play now. Yes, we can still put balls into the box, but you know we've got we've got now got good footballers who can create different and cause teams different problems. So it might need a wee bit of patience, you know. There, like say, they will be well organised. Mark says, you know, they'll. They'll have a good shape about them, but we should have more than enough. Personally, with next Sunday on the horizon, you know, let's get the job done. A victory, hopefully no injuries, uh, and, and we move on to next week. Well, I'll take that straight back to you then, Stuart, because unlike previous seasons, we've got so much time off, off between games. See this no midweek football? It was killing me. It's so boring with Foot Rangers during the week. Um, but with that said, then, how does how does the manager approach tomorrow? Because the one thing you don't want is players to not have enough minutes in the legs. The, the, the gap between games for me is worse than having a midweek game for tiredness and all that. So does he go with the roughly the team that he's going to use next Sunday? Or does he do a wee bit of a rotation? What does he do? I think, judging by what he said in his press conference, he's, you know, he's taking it game by game. So he's not thinking about next next Sunday. He'll be playing. Which is bollocks. Which is bollocks because I think if 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 Jack has a niggle, if Lundstrom has an ankle knock and is touch and go, are you going to risk Lundstrom, Lundstrom on a on a, a plastic pitch? No, I don't. I don't think you are. You know, um, I think he will. I think it will still be. You no, know, it's still going to be a strong Rangers team. We still need to keep winning games in this league. You know, you know what? What we? What would be worse would be going to Livy, getting turned over, and then having a week to dwell on that before a cup final. We want to go in that still unbeaten, full of confidence. So I'm expecting a very strong Rangers team. But I don't think he's going to take any risks with anybody that might be a bit touch and go or has got a bit of a niggle, etc. Interesting to see what he does with Goldson. You know, he had that, you know, he had a bit of a, a calf niggle, didn't play last week. I'm assuming he probably will be fine and he'll be back in this week. Uh, but He doesn't, he doesn't you know, miss games and he doesn't have to Goldson, does he? Absolutely. You know, and like say, he, he could have probably played last week. I'd love to have seen the conversation that they had saying, by the way, you're on the bench, Connor. That would have been, uh, would have been fun. But again, I think it was smart. If he's got a calf niggle, why why risk it against Partick Thistle? I'd imagine he probably will be back. So that again, he's got game time in his legs ahead of next Sunday. But um, I think Jack and Lundstrom are the, the the two. I think that you would be just questioning whether or not he takes takes any chances with. 
Well, not just Jack Lundstrom, Mark. You've also got to factor in Raskin into that conversation. So um, it depends on, on how he wants to line up, how he wants to um, go forward with the game. But do you risk Raskin on a pitch that he's probably not played on before and he's feeling a bit of fatigue? Do you risk Jack after coming back after a slight knock or fatigue or whatever it was he was? Lundstrom playing through the pain barrier kind of only really leaves you Kamara. <laughs> so how does he approach the midfield? After we've just spoken about how many midfield options we've got. No. I think that um, he will play um, Kamara and Raskin. I think Raskin needs game time. I, need, I think he needs games in his legs, um, especially with the view of the following week. So I think that, and I think that for me, Bill's approach will be tomorrow. Going. There's there's uh, there's shots up for up for grabs places in the final. Go and show me who's playing. You go out there and show me who's playing, who wants it. And for me, that's that should be the perfect way. I mean, that should be. Do you know what? I want to play in this final. I'm going out here and I'm going to smash this. So whether that'll be the case, I know it's maybe two different things. But that for me is your team talk. You say, look, places up for grabs. Go out and do it. Go and show me. Go and make me put you in that side for the weekend, for the following weekend. So that, for me, is a team talk. Whether that happens or not, I, I think that there's a kind of a happy medium there because you also need to no be silly about it. As I said, if Lundstrom's there or thereabouts, I would say, do you know what? If it doesn't need to play and we've got cover and we've got people that can play there, by all means. But for me... I think Raskin needs needs minutes in his legs because he's not played a lot of football over the last couple of months and it'll only do him good. Even if it's 60 minutes. 60 minutes, job done for 3 nothing up or 2 nothing up, take him off and replace him, put put somebody on, even put put a Sands on to, to kind of see you at the game. Perfect. Sands gets a bit of game time. He gets some minutes in his legs. Kamara, for me, Needs to probably the fattest at the at the the crocs that we've got in midfield. So for me, Raskin and uh, Raskin and Kamara in the middle of the park is is what it's going to be tomorrow. Said so obviously, you know that's not going to be the case now that I've said it. But <laughs> that's that's what's that for me. That's what would happen. Lundstrom gets another week to rest up, get himself right. I think, like you say, Goldson plays. If Goldson's arms hanging off, he's still playing. Simple as that, and I think that's just his mentality. I think that we we heart scare. He he, of almost said to himself, "Do you know what? I've missed a lot of football, and I'm playing every game that I could possibly play, which is to be commended because I I love that in a player. I love the fact that he's willing to get through the pain barrier for the team. Brilliant in my in my estimations, but yeah, that's your midfield. I think Cantwell, Tillman. Ken and Alfie up front for me. Uh, it's, it's definitely Stuart. It's, it's got to be Alfie hinted. There's there's no chance of Cholak starting tomorrow, is there? No, I think it will absolutely be Alfie. Look, I said we we still need to win this game. Yeah, I know there's a, a massive game on the horizon, but we need to win this 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 football game tomorrow. Um, because you know if we win next Sunday. Who knows what sort of impact that has on on, on them and, and going forward? So, um, yeah, he'll he'll start with Alfie. Um, 
you know, again, you want hopefully the game's kind of done dusty that you can take him off and give Trollack more minutes so he can get more minutes in the legs. But um, Alfie to start tomorrow, certainly. I just done the I'm on mute thing. So there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not really much more we can say about the game. And, and I've seen a question and I really don't want to ask it. Um, talk about it. It's three three o'clock on a Saturday in an away game. What's that all about? That's, that's... I know it's not even that. Somebody's just asked a question, and I really don't want to ask the question because I'm fed up talking about it. Um, the goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alan McGregor. McGregor. Yep, McGregor. Mark McGregor. McGregor. Right. Okay. Right. So basically, Mark tomorrow. Decent team, comfortable win, and then we, we go back to Glasgow with three points and a fully fit squad, kind of. I think the game plan is, let's get it put to bed, 60 minutes, and we can rest players. That's ideal, and that's that's best-case scenario. Nobody's injured. We're 3-0 up after 60 minutes, and we can start pulling players off and resting players and, and getting other people um, a wee bit of game time. That, for me, is the perfect, the perfect day out. Tomorrow, a few beers down the road. And I think on that note, we shall finish up. Uh, unless unless you used to want to add anything before we go. 2-0 uh, Tillman. There you go. Prediction. Oh, we stopped doing over. predictions because they never worked. But 2-0 Tillman. Oh. All, right. All right, Mark, he's a prediction. Yeah, prediction. 3-0 the buff. 3-0 the buff. There we go. Okay, I don't like doing, and even Gallant saying predictions, I don't like doing them anymore. I don't know, I'm not a superstitious person, but for some reason, I'm getting awfully superstitious about predictions. <laughs> don't ask me why, don't ask me why. Um, just I just do one, two goals, and I'm not gonna need them. That's it, we're finished. That's us, we're done for the night. So, Mark <laughs> Stewart, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody in the comments. Um, of course, we are sponsored by Kitbag. Uh, link is in the description. If you use the link below and use the code Rabble twenty, you will get twenty percent off. Um, not every if, like Michael saying in the comments, he's not a big fan, but they are a channel sponsor. So if you click on the link, then you are helping to support the channel. You don't have to, um, but if you click on the link, you see something you like. Use the code Rabble twenty for twenty percent off. Um, so yeah, thank you everyone. Thank you for to everybody who's listening back on Acast and iTunes and all that. I've said that three or four times tonight, so hopefully that's a nice week. Makes me shout out to all you guys. Um, we'll be back tomorrow at half past two for the build-up. And then, of course, we'll be back um, shortly after the game for the reaction as well. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we'll speak to you all again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.